What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, April 7th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 154. Right out of the gate, want to apologize. Uh, I know I missed an episode, and it was actually the first time that I had to miss uh, a TVE in a very, very long time. But uh, it got to the point, traveling out on the West Coast, got so late and I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do to make up for it. Even though the Verzi effect missed last week, what we're going to do is we're doing two this week. So you're going to get two hours, okay, of the Verzi effect this week. Part uh, Episode 154, part one, part two, with two very special guests. So I'm out here on the West Coast now. Um, we, uh, we are in the middle of the all in Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast presents the all in tour with myself, Jason Lawhead and Joe Bartnick. Um, we did, we did uh, a few shows already, Los Angeles, San Diego, Seattle last night, spent a few nights uh, promoting in, in LA and, uh, just having a great time out here. So, um, that's we're we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're gonna have a hilarious, unacceptable for the week. We're gonna get into some sports, the NCAA uh, Final Four, which were the great games of um, you know UConn and Florida. Well, UConn really beating up Florida, and then that uh, epic finish with Wisconsin and Kentucky. National championship game is tonight, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. Uh, my guest on the show is a hockey guy, so we're definitely gonna talk about that. I'm sure you already know who I'm talking about. Uh, he is with me on this tour. He is crushing it on this tour. Um, it, it's been so much fun hanging with this guy, drinking with this guy. Uh, this guy is the fucking best. Uh, very, very happy to announce my guest on the Verzi Effect podcast show, part one of episode 154, the one and only, originally from Pittsburgh, then San Fran, and now in Los Angeles, Joe Bartnick. Thank you for being here. Buddy. Hey, thanks, Paul. Thank right you. On. The Verzi Effect yes. in effect. Yes, I've been waiting to have you on for a long time. Well, we're in the luxurious uh, Crown uh, Plaza suite. Which got you upset that we're here. We're, well, yeah. we kind of got a little screwed, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. L- for the little price. number. wasn't too yeah, bad. Yeah, little number. you know what? It wasn't that bad, but it's like $35 where it's like, this room should be better. And I guess that sounds like we're being divas, whatever. But you know what? Fuck it. It is what it is. Having a great time. Uh, we kicked off at Largo. And we, we kicked off at Largo with uh, Bill Burr hosting Largo. Okay, so I get into Los Angeles. I'm running around, and the opening night... Um, is Largo, uh, what, 200 and, 270, something like that, 250, 260 people. Burr goes up and hosts, crushes. Pete Davidson, shout out to Pete Davidson, who was running his Jimmy Kimmel set. He goes up, crushes on five minutes, then Jay, then Joe, then myself. Burr smashing. And no, then, no, it was you were in the middle. I went after you. Oh, oh, so it was, yes, it was, uh, it was Bill opened, Pete Davidson, Jason, myself, and Joe. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, only, beca- only because it, you were crushing it, and Bill's like, should I do a joke in between? Uh, what should I do? I've been doing jokes in between. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I go, well, do it, do do what you've been doing. So after <laughs> Verzi's just destroying, then Bird does like a twenty-minute masterpiece. It was like the no, dojo uh, of like, it was like the dojo where it's like, hey. If you want to use my name on tour, you got to follow this motherfucker. No, it was, it was, I swear to God, 
I've been opening for Bill's Hour in Canada, and he does a piece of his new hour, which is coming out, which may be one of the best bits you'll ever hear, ever. And he does it before bringing me up. It's like a four-minute piece, and then he goes, yeah, you know what? I want you guys to follow stuff like that, and I knew you would, and it was all part of his plan. But I got to tell you, from top to bottom, and there were some people there that follow the podcast, thank you guys so much for coming out to Largo. Um, after my set, Bartnick goes up and absolutely fucking crushes the place and everybody left insanely happy. Uh, we were selling our posters and it was a huge success. Uh, also thanks to the people. The next night we went out to San Diego and, uh, we were late. Uh, it was kind of a late add on and those, that crowd was still great awesome time so thank you to the people who supported that and then last night we were um in seattle and uh i, I had a great time i mean oh that was, doing, amazing yeah, that was show. An insane show last night um in seattle yeah seattle is one of my, my favorite favorite comedy cities and they really came through for a sunday night everybody rocked and a big shout out to ruben yes big the, the shout owner out. the owner of the club uh, the parlor yeah. Um, just big shout out to Ruben. And if you live in Seattle, go to that club. He's getting great comics. Just looking on the wall. Yeah. I mean, just people in there just slate Caparula, Brett Ernst. Like every, these people are just. Uh, the Ian Bag. These, these, these are the guys. So go see them. You know? Yeah, that that parlor live is really really awesome. And the guy couldn't have been nicer to us. Joe, you're from another. You're actually you're from. I mean, you're from Pittsburgh, but you've actually came up in one of the best comedy markets in the country, which is where we're going to be tomorrow, San Francisco. Yes. You, I heard. I heard that's. You know, I've never been. I know we're going to have a blast, dude. That's my. That's it's like a great that's scene. Like the, right? That's like the one town I pretty much. That's like what I when I feel at home in. I mean, I was just in. I was just in. Nope. Pit, I was just in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that's kind of like home. It's kind of this weird kind of feeling where like you're going back in time yeah or it's like it's just different but san francisco still feels like i live there because la i don't know man you just always feel like you're just on vacation now what was your favorite what's your what was your go-to place in san francisco is that where we're going to be tomorrow the punch yeah line? The well there's punch a couple line. different places like for um sandwiches you got to go to molinari's delicatessen <laughs> Well, really yeah they like it's like been there since like 1895 i dedicated my cd to them um, that always, is fucking ho- you dedicated your CD yeah. to a, an Italian sandwich joint yeah oh I, that's fucking great because I ate there every day for like two weeks <laughs> and then my wife used to go there once a week and get our stuff for like the, the house when we lived up there but um, I, yeah and then I came home with three pounds of salami it, uh, that's where De Niro gets his salami <laughs> ordered from so I serious? brought it home yeah I brought it home and I ate it in a week and we're just getting major chest pains. Oh, but now I have to get the salami. And, and, and my wife was just like, "How did? Why did you eat that whole thing?" I'm like, "Well, it was in there. How could you not eat it every day?" <laughs> now you're it Italian. Was like, I was like, "Yeah, it's like having an eight ball in, the, in your cupboard. Like you're gonna hit it. You're gonna do it. You're not gonna. <laughs> oh well, I wonder what we're gonna do today. Oh well, well, well I got an eight uh, ball in the closet. I don't know if I want to do it though. It's like you're just gonna fucking do it. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Now, now you're half Italian. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more than that, but uh, you know, I was r- r- raised basically by my Italian grandparents, like full board. Sicilian or, or from Northern? Uh, Naples. Oh, Naples. Oh, okay, all right. So, uh, Not, but Deliad. So we have to go to that deli then. We're gonna go to that deli, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's right by Jack's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, we'll go later because you know, like Anthony Bourdain that went in and ruined it. Like a bunch of people ruined. It. I mean, it was always very famous, but now you could wait like three hours for a sandwich if you hit it at the wrong time. What? At least an hour and a half. At least wow. an hour and a half. 
Well, oh, now I got it. We got to do it. Fuck oh, that. Yeah, I'm getting definitely out. definitely going to do it. I mean, if somebody's waiting online three hours for a sandwich, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be, that's, that's a And credit. then you've never had a burrito. I used to live in the Mission. So the other big thing, the, the big thing in San Francisco is they got the best burritos in the world. Like, New York has your slices. L.A. has burgers. Oh, I heard the burrito is the best. Yeah, the best. I'll take you to the best place. The best place. Uh, so I'm going to get a sandwich. Cancun gonna... burrito at 18th and Mission. Okay, so it's we're going to get. the dividing line between the northern, the Nortenas and the Serenos. There's always like a dead Mexican, like, like blood. There's always like flowers and the Virgin Mary statue outside of it. <laughs> I swear to God, yeah, I used to live right. I used to live two blocks away. So I'm getting the best. I'm gonna get the best burrito and probably the best Italian sandwich. One of the best Italian. Well, sandwiches. you're living in New York, so I'm not gonna say it's the best Italian sandwich you've ever had. But I mean, it's a great sandwich. It's a great, it's great sandwich. It's great meat. It's but Italian. best burrito I've ever had, probably. Oh you yeah. Okay. Because I like the one in San Diego, and this is not even close. That's yeah. That's child's play. Okay. Then you can get that one in an airport somewhere. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, that's like, that's like there's one Italian restaurant right where the guy thinks his pizza is so good, you know. And he's doing yeah. shows there, like all these all these Italian shows. And it's like your pizza is good if you're like in the airport in Atlanta. Yeah, and yeah. And you got yeah. that pizza, you'd be like, yeah, this ain't bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you're in an Italian restaurant. Your pizza sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, it, it is less. California is the burritos, and I think New York is the pizza and the sandwiches. But you can get, you know, you could get good stuff. Now, you you grew up in Pittsburgh. Yes. And Pittsburgh's got some mean food there too, right? Oh, yeah, it's an eating town. It's an eat, yeah. 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 Tons of great food. I, fucking, I love going back there. I love going back to eat. That's all I do is what's your favorite? Eat. What's your favorite burger joint in Pittsburgh? If you had to pick one. Burgers? Nah, that, that's a tough one. I usually don't even go. I, I, I don't even go out for burgers too much. I go out for like. Uh, steak? Uh, yeah, steaks are steaks. I like, I like the Italian food. I like the pizzas. I like, uh, they get the best gyros, heroes, whatever. It's a place called Tom's Diner. The large is like a whole lamb, dude. It's the really, best. yeah. It's the best. Took my wife there first time she went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, then you got Danny's hoagies or like I, the guy, you know, Permani. Permani's kind of now it's kind of like a there's like there's now there's like twenty Permanis. There's like three really good ones. Though. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean everything, dude. Yeah, the well, best, best chocolate milk in the world. Really, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and Craig Gas, who was in town with me. Yeah, he's like a he's he's, he's he doesn't drink anymore, so he's like a chocolate milk freak. He goes, you're right. Like, yeah, it's the best chocolate milk in the world. See that, folks? Diversity Effect giving you the place to get burritos, great uh, Italian meat and sandwiches if you're out in uh, on the West Coast, and apparently the best chocolate milk yeah. out there is in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, someone asked me, what's the first thing you do when you come to Pittsburgh? When you you come get home? a chocolate milk. I get a chocolate milk. Oh, shit. My mom gets like four of them, so I go in, uh, in the fridge, just boom. Yeah. Oh, that's the, awesome. I, when I was a kid, I thought the cows were black. For chocolate, whatever. <laughs> That's how good the chocolate milk is. Um, all right. So, um, yeah. Also, I had such a good time. I was in there, and, um, you know, Joe had a few days. His, his daughter's uh, recital. And I want to actually talk to you about having a kid and doing that stuff because you've been in the business with a kid. Also, um, Joe is a great uh, comedy writer, for, and he writes for comedians. He's a, a writer and an opener for uh, Lisa Lampanelli. He well, I haven't written I, I, I haven't written anything for Lisa in like three years. I don't, oh. I don't want anyone to think because her shit's so great. Her, her tour we're on right now. She is killing it. I don't want anyone to think I've written any of it. I, oh, I, that's, I, I, no. I'm serious. Like, yeah, she, yeah. It's like, no, so you, I, haven't, you haven't written anything for her in three no, years? And I very rarely, no, because she quit doing the Playboy article, and um, we have, she hasn't done any roasts. Oh, okay, and right. I, so you were I, writing I, for roasts, and you were writing for stuff like that. And, 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 I, and I helped her with her book. And if she's doing a special, sometimes I might help her punch up a joke here and there. 
But that's it. I always would help her write stuff like if she was interviewed by the Inquirer or like so she like wouldn't want to do it. So she'd pay me to do all of her like press. Oh, okay, okay. But, but now, but you're now you're just opening for her now. Yeah, for yeah. seven years. You've been yeah. opening for her for seven years. I definitely want to talk about that. I mean, it's um, a shame. I wish I was writing more for her. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those checks. Uh, but I don't want to take any... any. No, like, but that's the honest comic in you, which I respect and appreciate. And a lot of comedians listen to the show, and they're probably like, yeah, like you just jumped right in, and you were like, yeah, but you know what? Three years, she's doing her she's doing her specials, and I'm not going to jump into it. So I, yeah, I get no, that, no, and no, I appreciate it. No, that's what I mean. Like maybe the, when she does a special, we go to like a club in the middle of nowhere, Yeah, and she just does a week. And she's like pairs on jeans, and it's just like here's the jokes, and we go through, and we, you know, we try to punch up the special. But in general, well, you've seen her act; she even like her act is just her riffing and r- killing, r- yeah, and, yeah, ranting, and, and, yeah, it's just going nuts. But yeah, um, I wish I wish we still had those Playboy checks. Oh god, I wish. We still had <laughs> I uh, also had a great time in Los Angeles during the downtime. A couple things happened. Uh, Joe wasn't there. He had some stuff with his daughter. But uh, the one night we went to the, uh, we went to the the best one of my favorite wing places uh, in uh, Los Files, is it? Yes. The rustic, yeah, E Rustic Inn was great. Um, performed in Pasadena at the Ice House in your neck of the woods. Had a great time for a weeknight, and then uh, the next night, uh, Friday night, I was at the Hollywood Improv. Which was it was so much fun. Uh, it was I, it was so much fun just to see all the comedians in the back hanging out and and I had a really good time and uh, you know that's a great club and uh, shout out you, to you Dan woke Godfrey. everybody up man everyone else was, everyone was asleep. Well and but the, the guy who went before me John Henley I thought he was pretty funny. Oh he was great. Yeah he yeah. had a great set. Yeah though. yeah he, yeah. I, it was funny. I, you know what I didn't know you mentioned at the thing because John Henley was this guy that I kind of know. I'm sorry John Henson John Henley is a fucking um, yeah. Uh, John Henson was a guy going before me on Friday night, and uh, I'm just looking at him, and he's in a blazer and glasses. He's the and guy I, from Wipeout. See, I didn't know that. So I'm thinking, okay, I see a guy in blazers and, and glasses, and I'm like, all right, this guy's going to probably be clean, you know, a witty, clean guy. And he goes on stage, and I'm like, how come this guy looks familiar? And he goes up. He was so funny talking about his family. You know, he wasn't filthy, but he was definitely, you know, cursing and stuff, and I was like, he's such a funny guy. And then... Bartnick goes, that's my daughter's uh, favorite comic. And I'm like, how the hell does a nine-year-old know? And he goes, no, that's the guy from uh, the game show Wipeout. And I go, oh, my God, it is. But anyway, I went. She would be so impressed if I got a picture. But I didn't want to do it. Like, like, like look who I got a picture with. Like, she would love it. Like, like I, um, I, I, I worked on a few projects and, and hung out with Rob Riggle a lot. The great. American hero Rob yeah, Riggle. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, when my daughter got to meet him, you know, because he's on he's on Nickelodeon and everything, it was like I got her. It's like it's like she met John Lennon. It was oh, like the greatest. How thing How funny ever. is Riggle? Oh, dude, he's the. Best. I mean, he's he's the he's so funny, naturally hysterical, and he's an American hero, dude. Yeah. He's a first responder at nine eleven. Yeah, that's on unre- that's unreal. He was one of the first like thousand people on the ground in Afghanistan. That's unbelievable. He's like Forrest Gump, but he's for real. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he's on Saturday Night Live. He's on this. He does that. He's like, he's in Afghanistan. He's doing. He like does everything. <laughs> he, flew, he flew planes in the mil- in the Marines. Like he's like a Marine. Like he's got oh. like wicked clearance. But he's like meeting the president. Like meeting him and like is like meeting like uh you know e, um not Eli what, um Manning. What's the big one? The, the, Archie. No, not the fucking Peyton. Peyton. Yeah. Peyton. It's like meeting him. Just such an accomplished guy. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like meeting the president, you know? Um, yeah, and, and uh, I know people that met him. I actually submitted I actually submitted jokes to Riggle for the the SPs. Uh, and I also did uh, I got one on the air for Seth Myers. Like when Seth Myers monologue, I got one on oh, the air. Oh really? For, you wrote for the SPs too, correct? Yes. For Riggle, right? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. 
That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, great time at the Ice House, great time at uh, the, the Improv. And now, you know what? I'm going to – we're going to get into Unacceptable, which is hilarious. Joe is going to – Joe's got one. Um, I always let my guests do an Unacceptable, so we're going to have fun with that. Um, I haven't seen any new, any new movies. Have you seen any movies? I saw one movie last year. That was Bad Grandpa. Oh, I saw it. No, I, I saw two. I saw Bad Grandpa, and I saw the Tony <laughs> Soprano meets Elaine from Seinfeld movie. Oh, enough said. Is that what it's called? I heard it was a good. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I want to see him smack her around. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like I, know, I like Elaine, but it's like he was like he wasn't Tony. Oh, the other, shit. In, in I want to see him. In the movie sm- I saw that before that was. Uh, Tony killing me softly with Tony played a bit, man. That was uh, pretty cool. Okay, yeah, okay. So, you, all right. So, there's basically that means that we're not going to do movie stuff. I haven't seen Let anything. Let me tell you something. Unless there's an Italian in the movie, I don't see the movie. That's great. Honest so, to God. Because so, I know it's not going to be good. So, you're, are you Godfathers or a Godfather or Goodfellas? Well, I think Goodfellas is my favorite movie of all time. But then second and third is Godfather 1, Godfather 2. So, But I, if you, you know, could only watch one of them forever. Goodfellas? Goodfellas? Okay, okay. Uh, we always talk about that on the show. Um, all right. I do watch it forever, dude. That's the thing. I've watched Goodfellas like probably over a thousand times. Like I've never seen for I've never seen Forrest Gump. I've never seen Ghostbusters. I've never seen what was the movie you guys were talking about today that everyone's seen. You never saw Ghostbusters yeah, or Forrest did. Gump? Yeah. Well, what was the one we were talking about today that you said I never saw? Yeah. Oh, Back to the Future. Yeah, I never saw that. Wow. I don't like movies. They take too long. You know, <laughs> you read books. I do like to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. But I don't like I just movies just I can't sit there. I'm like, hurry the fuck up. Every movie's a half hour too long. <laughs> My favorite movies are like the Humphrey Bogart ones where all the stars are listed at the beginning and they all end in an hour hour and a half. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. You get and they act. It's like I don't need I don't need special I don't need special effects. I, I, I just want to see acting and people getting shot and just gangster shit, you know? I hate having to care about people. I just don't like to care about other people. Like, I really don't. It's like, movies where I, I'm like, I have to care about other people, I don't want to see because I don't care about other people. <laughs> like, like what's the Avatar? Like, I, I, know, uh, gonna, I, I know they're going to want me to pretend like I, I care about blue people. Like, I don't care about any no, color people. That's fucking hilarious. No, Joe is definitely a few people, like, you know, Bartnick is, and Burt told me, just absolute throwback old school okay bartnick is so old school throwback that if something is important he still carries a pad and a pen and he's like i can't i wanted an ink on paper old school and i noticed that with you and i was like wow you do that when it comes to like any kind of money or little things records he's got it written down and he does it with a pen and a pad like you would in 1985 yeah well you know how many times i've been somewhere like i forget the name of my hotel and then my phone's dead yeah. Then you're like, fuck, I gotta find a plug, I gotta find a plug it in, I gotta wait for it to redo on, I'm sitting yeah. inside of a rose, I'm like, you can't use that plug? <laughs> sitting by a men's room in a fucking gray house, it's like, no, dude, I'm, I have a piece of paper, I write it down. Right, so um, here's how me and Joe met. Me and Joe met at Bill Burr's wedding in Boston, overlooking Boston. I might have talked about it on another podcast, but for the people that have not heard that, I will tell you one of the funniest things that happened at the wedding. So Burr's- My daughter eating $400 worth of... Uh, <laughs> seafood, you're, you're, double double fisting, was seafood, double fisting over drinks. What, what, was she really? She was throwing down those uh, tuna rolls. Oh, dude, she was double fisted uh, on sushi. Man, I was I was eating the sushi too. I, I loved it, but so so I meet him, 
And Burr goes, oh, yeah, and, and, and Bartnick goes, Paul Verzi. He goes, oh, man, I heard about you. I go, you kidding me? I heard about you. So we kind of meet, and then the night goes on. We're overlooking the Boston Harbor, and it's amazing. And then me and uh, Lawhead are just kind of looking out the window together. And I think my wife was talking with Joe and, and his wife, who's hit it off. Your wife had – Bartnick's wife had one of the funniest things she said to me. She runs up to me at the wedding, and she goes, oh, my God. I love your fucking wife so much. I'm taking her to California with me. She's the only one who understands me. Fuck you. <laughs> and I just, and she said it verbatim like that. I just met this woman and she says that to me. So anyway, me and Lawhead are out. She'll do anything to replace me. Yeah. <laughs> she, so we're, we're standing out the window and I look and I just lean over to Lawhead looking over this beautiful Boston Harbor, Boston skyline. We're up at the state room in this beautiful place. And I just look at Lawhead and I go, dude, if your wedding is overlooking the Cleveland skyline, I'm going to be pissed. And we both just started hysterical laughing, having a great time. So Lawhead's like, you got to tell Bartnick that. You got to tell Bartnick that. So we walk across the fucking reception to Joe, who's sitting over at the bar. And of, of course, course, of course, <laughs> of never, course. I never get too far away from no, the bar. No, no, And that's what I know. That's another thing we're going to talk about because we also had something happen last night. There's another thing we're going to talk about, but... Um, so we walk over, and Lawhead goes up to Joe and goes, Joe, Verzi just said this, and then he says, Verzi just leans over to me while we're looking out the window and says, if your wedding is overlooking this Cleveland skyline, I'm going to be pissed. And we start laughing, and without missing a beat, Bartnick just goes, close the curtains, close the curtains, and he acts like the wedding planner in Cleveland. And we just start falling out laughing, and it was a great time. And it was at this wedding where we're talking, and Burr made a comment like, you guys should do something. And we were like, yeah, man, we should do. What if we went on the road together? Us three, we all open for Bill. Bill has kind of, you know, put us on. You know, Bill has basically been to us what Rodney Dangerfield was to a lot of comedians and what, you know, certain people were. You I haven't know? seen Bill's dick. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, at least Bill doesn't Not walk that around. I want to. Yeah, at least at least Bill doesn't walk around in a robe. Yeah, exactly. In, in a fucking robe, <laughs> all nasty. But uh, we actually He gave me a great robe. Did he, uh, yeah, he he uh, some fan of Bills and give the, I'll give the guy a plug. Uh, oh wait a minute, good, he gave me a uh, he said something from he does baseball. Ropes. Oh, is that so, Matt Matt Frost's company? Yeah, is that so? He has a I think so, um, but he has a he got a Jim Burr has a Jim Rice one, and so I have a Pirates Doc Ellis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know you know Doc Ellis. He yeah, sure. No hitter. Sure. On LSD. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and he and that's confirmed. Like that's not bullshit. He really no, hundred percent. Yeah, no hit on LSD. That's fuck. He, he, like, he did everything. He did every drug all the time. Well, speaking of drugs, let's talk now. We're we're in Seattle last night, and uh, always known for the great comedy crowds and the great weed. Yes, well, not like this. So so here's the thing. My <laughs> my people know that I I smoke what I tell I've told you guys I smoke weed two three times a year. Four times. Ah, a year. that's all right. You spoke two, it's, three it's times in front of me this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, in this week, you know, in yeah, this I know. Yeah, I got, I got, 2014 done this week. No, I was in California for a few days off, and and I took a couple of hits. But these guys are smoking, and I'll take like one hit and then sip a drink, and then I just sit down. I, I can't handle getting really that fucked up. So anyway, fast forward. Last night's show was awesome, and we want to do something. We're in Seattle, the outskirts of Seattle, or whatever. So this dude who's a local comic, he goes. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I got weed delivery. I did, my, my part-time job is I'm the weed, medicinal weed delivery guy. 
So we just look around each other and start laughing in the green room, and Lawhead and, and Joe are like, all right, you're hanging out tonight. Yeah. You know, you're hanging out tonight. You better make a call. You better get on your bike or get some kind of fucking thing. So we're sitting there, and I'm like, listen, I smoked a little bit of weed in L.A. I'm not going to smoke now. I'm just going to probably have a drink. And this kid rolls this thing up. It right? had Keith on it. Now, if yeah. you guys don't know what Keith is. I don't even know what Keith is. Keith is, you know if you have really good weed, how there's it's like crystallized at the end of it? Yes. Keef is they shave off those crystals, and that's Keef. Oh, okay. So he basically rolled a joint with really good weed, and then on top of that put, like, the frosting of insane high. Oh, shit. All right. So anyway, how did it sm- We I smelled this thing. I'm like, I'm not going to smoke. And I smelled it, and Lawhead goes, that's, that smells like something. It tastes like an apple. Yeah, it tastes like an apple, but it had a hint of coffee, right? Like, it had this weird, like, he was like, it's, it smells like something Dunkin' Donuts would have made. It smelled like apple, but it had this, like coffee bean it was weird so it's going around and i'm going i'm going i'm not i'm not gonna do it and the guy who like has it goes listen you're here this is the shit that like snoop Snoop this is the shit that like snoop gets this is the shit that like i gave this shit to snoop it's the best shit in the world and i'm like how am i not gonna take a hit of this shit okay when first of all when's the next time i'm gonna be in seattle with my boys doing what i love and i happen to have the best fucking marijuana in the country at my fingertips i was like i gotta take one hit of it so i take one hit of this thing and when i tell you I felt like I was fucking floating in space. I felt like I was Sandra Bullock in Gravity, except without the chaos. I was just fucking chilling. I was walking, t- and but the funniest thing was Bartnick just fucking smoking this thing like a fuck, like it was a fucking Newport he, or, or whatever cigarette you smoke. And he's smoking it. And Lawhead took three and just looked like a wreck. Bartnick smokes the whole thing with the kid, and then we want to go get a bottle. Get a bottle of like Crown Royal, a little something. We weren't going to go nuts. We didn't want to spend a shitload of money in the bar this late at night. So we figured we'd go to the hotel, have a couple of pops, enjoy. And go play some video games. Yeah, and, go, and then go play some video games because the place we were performing had a video game thing. And uh, Joe goes, how cool would it be if we go there? And I was in. We were ready to go. We brought some food back. We walked to the supermarket to get a bottle because the supermarkets in Seattle have booze. Yeah, they, well, they do in California, too. Oh, yeah, it was like a full, full-blown full liquor store. Yeah. And you walking through the fucking aisles, okay? And Joe's a big guy, man, and he's walking through those, and I knew. I looked at your face, and I saw your walk, and that, that weed hit you like a fucking bomb. And, and But then you held it together, and then I'm like, oh, Joe's not going to make it. I'm like, Joe's not going to make it. I go, Joe's going to go back to the hotel, because I know how I feel after one hit. That fuck, that weed was fucking liquid. I don't even know... Or, or smoke. It felt like a volcano in my chest. Yeah. It was still getting me high. It like, felt like if you could have a drink that had a little morphine in it, and then you just felt good and flo- it's like one hit did that. I don't even know how to explain this weed. I don't know how to explain the smell. But this guy. Hopefully he's coming to Portland tonight. Yeah, this guy. We have one back. The fo- yeah, no, yeah, they got they got more. Anyway, and then we come back and we're drinking Crown. And we're fucking, we're pretty, we're getting there. We're having a good time. And we walked to a video game place, which we were told closed at midnight. We got there at 11.25 and the gate was down and it, it was closed. It wasn't video games. It was one of those places where you like sit in the jet pilot. It was like a, like a mini Dave and Buster's. Like a little, like, yeah, like you could yeah, sit Yeah, it was like you could sit, we could race cars against each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, and, and that would have been with that high, you would have been, oh, you yeah. been thinking you were driving. That, that's why I was like, we got to come back here. It's right next to the hotel. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I want to talk about you. Your comedy career uh, started. Well, that should take it only a minute and a half. <laughs> no, you started. You started in Pittsburgh. No, I did not. 
Oh, oh! You left Pittsburgh and you started in San Francisco. Yeah, because you can't. Back in those days, you, there was no comedy. There was the, the great legend Jimmy Crenn, and that was it. Like there was no comedy. There was no coffee. Go coffee shop? Are you a fag? I got coffee in my house. What am I going to a coffee shop for? <laughs> right, right. You, you need coffee? Just come to my house. I got coffee. So you started. You started to do it in San Francisco. Yes. And then, and then you met your wife in San Francisco. Yeah, we both worked. The punchline was was owned, and now it's owned by a company who owns all of them anyway. But Bill Graham Presents used to own the Fillmore, the Warfield, and the Punchlines. Okay. I got a job at the Punchline, and then they immediately got a job, like, working at the Fillmore in the Warfield. So I saw tons of great shows. Oh, uh, okay. And my wife was a waitress at the Fillmore. Oh, okay. So and but now now I want to talk about this because I'm doing a documentary about this, um, which uh, Joe was going to be making a cameo in. So you guys will see that. Um, we are almost done shooting it. Hopefully, it'll be done this summer. And uh, the listeners know my documentary is a stand up is a, is a stand up documentary about guys like us who are doing this and have a kid. Oh, I should be. Yeah, I'm, that's that, you, that's and, my story. And you you've been doing it with your daughter. Uh, She's nine. Your daughter's nine years old. Yes. So um, when you were doing it, obviously we're going to save most of this for the movie, so I don't want to get into too many questions, but I have you here. I want to talk about it. When your daughter was born uh-huh. and you were doing st- – well, your daughter was born in San Fran? Yes. Okay, so you were in San Fran with her for how long? About two years. Okay, so you basically – like your daughter grew up in California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your, your daughter grew up in L.A. Did – um. I guess it's kind of like me and my wife where you guys just figured it out like with the schedule and the working, but like, hey, I'm going out to the clubs at night. That's definitely going to happen. Like there's, or, or was it something that you guys, did, did you think that when you had a daughter or, or when you had a kid in L.A., did you think it was going to like, you know, hurt the career? No, I didn't worry. I know. I didn't think it was going to hurt the career. I think it. Because it, it never it, does if you're it hungry. It changed where I lived, which having a kid did not hurt my career. Moving to Pasadena has not helped my career, but it's something you got to overcome. People overcome much more things. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I always look like look. But at my it. wife wanted to live there. She didn't want to raise her kid in Hollywood. And I, in I don't Pasadena, blame her. And Pasadena is a nice place to live. Um, so I don't blame a, her. It's, right? it's, it's, it's kind of a drive, though. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't blame her for wanting to live in Pasadena if she didn't have to drive all over hell and back all the well, time. Well, but, but Pasadena to L.A. for you to get into a show is how long? Well, it's it, it's like a half hour, forty five minutes. Right. The, the thing is, is, though, just like you know, you go out in the day, you audition somewhere, or I used to work on shows, or then you come back, take a shower. It's the neck. It's doing it two or three times a day. That's the that's the bitch. Yeah. But I didn't want to bitch about it. But no. But having the kid, I mean, it, it gave me most of my good material. To yeah. Be honest with you. No, I. I what was funny was I used to be a lot edgier and dirtier. I hate the word edgier. I used to be like not even dirtier, just kind of meaner on stage. Yeah. And uh, this guy was like. Well, when I first when my when Kim was born, the guys like, oh, I hope you become that fucking asshole Ray Romano. And it's like, are you a fucking idiot? First of all, Ray Romano is one of the absolute funniest fucking stand-up comics ever. Second of all, he has probably my second favorite sitcom of all time. Yeah, it's well, perfect. What's it's, your first? The Seinfeld. Oh, okay. I, I mean, and I, I love everyone loves Raymond. Yeah, I, I, I love everyone. I think it. I even love it, maybe even more than uh, Cheers, even like I, and even All in the Family. Like I just. Oh no! I, I think everyone loves Raymond. Is is everyone loves so, Raymond? Might might be my so favorite. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. The writing is amazing. And in your time, I mean, like I used to actually talk about my mom on stage. I would say my mom's like Ray Romano's mom without the Emmy Award winning writers to make her funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I said to to Brad Garrett. 
you know, and yeah. I, you know, and, and Brad was, you know, great to me, put me in his club, and I don't want to talk about his fucking, but I just said to him, you know, we were sitting there hanging out, and he's so open and so nice, and I just said, I just want to say, I was like, dude, you know, like, because, you know, everyone loves Raymond, you know, reruns come on all the time, and I watched Brad a lot, and Brad was so good in it, oh, and yeah. I said, I said, dude, I said, some of those things, I said, man, it's so talented, so good, and he just, you know, he was like, oh, we got the writers, you know, the writers were great, but no, it's one of my favorite sitcoms. Oh, he could act, though, Brad and, but, but, so wait, but what was this guy, this guy was saying Ray Romano's an asshole? Well, just say like he didn't want me to do kid jokes. That's all. He wasn't saying he was in it. Oh. Or maybe he did say, I, I, but oh, you know but what I mean? I mean he like, was basically like, saying, don't turn into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, are you kidding me? I'd fucking love to turn into Ray Romano. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just to have his, his writing was so brilliant. I mean, no, his stand-up was fucking brilliant. No, his stand-up was hilarious. His stand-up still is brilliant when he pops in the improv. I, I think. I, I love that guy. I think, I but love yeah, him. But yeah, I mean, literally, I think it's given me a lot of my best bits. Because some of those are some of the cleaner bits I do. But they're also, I put my, you know my act, I put my own spin, even my spin on parenting is so much different than everybody else's. Yeah, because yeah. Because I'm just, I'm a different kind of parent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. This, this is, <laughs> Joe is a different kind of everything, man. You got to meet this guy and like, you know, um, Burr always says the characters he put together, they have differences, but we're all kind of, there's a few things that he likes. Cigar smoking, whiskey drinking. Stand-up comics, guys, guys, sports fans, and that was kind of the collection of guys that I guess um, a he believed in in stand-up, which is insanely humbling and awesome. But guys, guys, guys that he really likes and, and guys that he could hang out with, and like that's why like after we did Largo, we were standing there smoking a Cuban, drinking a scotch, and we we're just looking at each other, going, "This is what it is." Like like this is what it is, right? Yeah, that scotchy that was crazy. No, but dude, like that's what like we're sitting down with a Cuban and a scotch with Burr and everybody at the thing, like saying, "That's what this is." Yeah, like, that's what this is about, right? Yeah. All in tour. Yeah, that's it. This is what this is. We're that's all what, in. This is what this is. All, and we, and as our poster has it. Literally, all of our chips are on, in the middle right now. Oh yeah, literally. that's it. And I, and I got like an ace and a ten. That's it. Like, and that's when I really looked at it, right? Because Largo was like a first big kickoff, and then we all go, you know, uh, we all go out afterwards, and we're smoking a Cuban, and we're sitting there after having this big show, and um, you know, we got Cubans and we have a scotch. And I'm going like, this is what it is. This is what is this about, right? Yes. The poster's got a cigar. The poster's got the chips in the middle. The poster's got a whiskey. Yes. It's got our names. It say Bill Burr presents. It's awesome. Uh, we're selling vintage uh, posters at these things. So um, and 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 they look they look awesome. But all right, let's get into. Um, now, let's get into uh, a little bit of sports, then we're going to do an unacceptable, and then we'll do some, then we'll do some plugs. But uh, if you do come out to uh, Washington or, or Seattle, yeah, this state, even if you're not a weed smoker, you got to get the caviar. <laughs> you got to get the caviar because holy shit, it was intense. Um, Joe is a big, what's that? It was a nice high. Yeah, yeah. For Joe, it was a nice high. For me, I felt like somebody fucking, I don't know, just made you me. You felt good, though. You didn't wake up stoned over today. Though. No, no, no. I didn't wake up stoned over because I only took one. Right. Because I'm not a weed smoker. Right. So when I smoke something that strong, one is good for me. Lawhead took three, and he said he was he was a, he, he was a fucking mess. Well, I thought I was going to have to life flight him out of the dead show this last summer. Yeah. Because he looked at me, he goes, man, I need help. And I literally was like, did you mean like an ambulance, dude? I mean, it was that level of like looking at me like he was fucked up, man. He gets a little, he gets a little wasted, man. He's a, he's a little guy though. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, like just even in the cab, he's like a leprechaun, a little Irish leprechaun. 
What happened? Um, running out of juice? Yeah, we're running out of juice here. Hold on, bear with me, guys. I just got to plug this thing in. I thought it was... Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to unplug this thing here. Unplug the light. I, this, other, this last hotel we stayed in Seattle, you had to put your room. They're such fucking environmental bastards. You had to put your room key in to, to turn the lights on, dude. Lyhead was up at like 5 in the morning waking me up to, uh, or 6 in the morning, because he had to take a, a, a take a shower or whatever. I'm like, dude, I took a piss and cracked the door open into the hallway and saw the light. Yeah, well, um... I, I got confused. I first got there and I couldn't use the bathroom because the light kept going out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going, the fucking switch doesn't work and I can't go to the bathroom. But we had I, to call down. Oh, yeah, I know. I can't go to the shower. I can't do anything. It's black. And then all of a sudden I look next to the door and it says place key in here for power and that powered the whole room. And I was like, I've never seen that shit before. No. That was crazy. Um, but Joe, you're a big... Joe is a uh, hockey nut. Um, he is a... Uh, he is a he's a hockey nut. He does a podcast called uh, Puck Off. Yes, with sir. co-host who? Uh, geez, uh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even stoned over now. No, you know, uh, you know. What's his name? The the radio guy. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm, I can't even. Fraser Smith. Yeah, Fraser Smith. You got me tongue tied there. <laughs> but, uh, well, because I was I was just trying to say corks. I have two podcasts. I'm a podcast whore. Oh yeah, I, I just tried. To, I was trying to. I'm like, it's not court. Why am I just keep thinking court? Fraser Smith, the the awesome Fraser Smith, dude. He's the best. You do uh, insensitive insensitivity training insensitivity on the on, on Burr's network on Burr's network, all things comedy, and that's with Court McCown. And then you do puck, puck off, off with, with Fraser. And um, that's on the sideshow network. Now you're you're a, you're a hockey. You take hockey over anything, right? Oh, hundred percent. Not even. It's like yeah, it's not even close, right? No, it's my favorite sport by far. I do like college basketball though. That's my that's my second that's the second sport I really like. Oh, okay. Then uh, after that you can have them all. Um and you grew up a, a Penguins fan. Yes. You you watch every Penguins game. Oh yeah, I do. I still do. I I TiVo them when I'm on the road. Every time I see Bartnick just walking around, he's got some kind of Penguins apparel on. He's yeah, a fucking yeah, you're you're a Penguin guy. All right, so let's you know what? Let's do this. Let's talk about the national title game, which is tonight. UConn going against the Kentucky Wildcats, who are meshing now really good. They, they, they really seem to click for uh, Calipari during this tournament. He's um, a Pittsburgh guy, Calipari. Born and raised? Yeah. Is he? Every, everyone hates on that fucking guy. Because he fucking wins. Yeah, I like him. He's the guy who I don't like. I don't like Patino. Patino oh, like always no because I I married into Sarah. I'm a huge old school Big East. My family, my dad used to take us up every year to see the Big East championship in the early '80s. Like I saw Ewing play. I saw I saw Chris Mullen play. I saw Walter Berry play. I saw the Pearl play. I love East Coast Big East basketball. So that's yeah. who I. So I always root for, except for Villanova. I root for every team but Villanova. Who do you like tonight? I'm rooting for UConn. I think Kentucky's going to win. Do you? I think Kentucky yeah. has a little bit more inside game from what I've seen. Yeah, Kentucky just seems kind of resilient, too, like the way they can be down and they seem like they're playing together. I don't know, man. I think, you it's know, I, be a great game. I like I, I like Ali. The, the, I like the coach of, uh, you know, the Huskies. But uh, Calipari is going to have these kids. He's been there three times, right? This is yeah, third. well, I, I think Connecticut has a couple white kids. And I don't know how they're going to stack up <laughs> in the end. Like a lot of zits, a lot of young kids against uh, guys that, you know, 
Let's face it. You know what would be funny thing? They're like which, 23 years old and, I, you know, I was actually pretending ta- to be a high school freshmen. I was actually talking to somebody about this. Wouldn't it be great if somebody just had a sheet of rosters, okay, the whole year? You decided you were going to gamble on college basketball. Right. But your whole roster gambling philosophy was whoever had the least amount of white guys. Like, you would only go with the teams with the most black guys. But some teams have 12 black guys. You can't even use that effect. <laughs> the Verzi effect. You can't even use. You can't. No. No, I just mean, like, you know, there's some No, skinny, even Georgetown had that one. Even Georgetown. You know who didn't like? You know that. What's his name? John Thompson didn't like white kids. I mean, I'm not saying in a racist way, but John. No, Thompson- you're saying it in a fucking racist way. Of course, he didn't like. Well, you think he was racist though? He doesn't think- like white people. What are you talking about? He's John Thompson. That's what made him great. <laughs> there was always one white dude. Yeah. He had one white dude. Just to torture just, him. Just like, <laughs> right down there whipping him. Probably makes him like get the yeah. tests for the yeah. stars at college. He makes him like to play on the fucking practice wash, squad. Makes him rough. He has to like scrub Ralph Dalton's dick. The thing's so big, Dalton couldn't pick it up. <laughs> he goes, picks up their girlfriends, and fucking yeah. make sure you get her there in time. Um, but I love the Big East, so I'll be rooting. Even though the Big East doesn't exist anymore or whatever, it's now just the Catholic school guys. I will be rooting for Connecticut. But I just like Patino. Because Patino is always like he'd be winning by fifteen, then he'd get that dragon look on his face, and like you yeah. know he hasn't slept in five years, and it'd scare those officials. And somehow Louisville would win the game. Well, we went to the game last year, you know. We, yeah. were, we were at Michigan-Louisville in the Georgia Dome. And I got to tell you, man, that was the first time I went to a Final Four national championship, anything like that. And that was one of the most fun times I've had in a sporting in, in a sporting experience. Um, listen, I live in New York. Um, Who's your team? Saint, you know what? College basketball, it's tough because um, there isn't a college basketball powerhouse. St. John's should it, be. St. John's should be. It was but they for never, a second. Yeah, but like before, the, the, St. John's was good. I was fucking eight. No one can, fo- no one can follow Carnesecca. Carnesecca's magic. You know, it's funny. Um, a restaurant my wife and I eat in, which is this uh, uh, Italian restaurant right off of Union Turnpike in Queens, right across the street from uh, St. John's. And um, it was, it's unbelievable. Aquista. Laquista Trotteria or something like that. Unbelievable. And uh, is always in there. Me and my wife were eating, and we saw the old coach sitting in the back drinking red wine. is great. Right? Yeah, he's the best. But, but what's that, so what you just said is it should be St. John's, right. but when St. John's was good, I was six. I was seven, eight years old. Like they How never, old are you? I, I'm 35. Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm like but, nine years older than you. Yeah, but here's the thing. Those years of, who was it, Mullen and and Patrick and, Ewing. No, no, no. I'm talking about oh, St. John's. Barry. Yeah, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Yeah, th- those those years. And then and then it was terrible. Then it was terrible. So now people are rooting for. You have a lot of people rooting for upstate Syracuse. Yeah. Or then you have a lot of people rooting for Connecticut. So there was never one that I could latch on to. Yeah, Manhattan's had some good teams. Yeah, I mean, so but I'm rooting for you, Bobby U- Gonzalez. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for UConn tonight. Right. I'd like to see UConn. I'd like to see UConn. Big East. You yeah. know, back, you know, closer to New York. We were, um, talking, we were talking about this today, though. No one has started from nothing. No one has started from nothing and built a program in basketball like Jim Calhoun. Jim Calhoun has made, I mean, like, in, in the <laughs> 80s Big East, Connecticut was always, like, eighth or ninth. And then they hired Calhoun. They're literally a top five program. And when I mean top five, I mean, like, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, like Connecticut, Michigan right. State, like they're that level of like they're higher than Syracuse probably. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Truth. No, that's it's, it's amazing. In stores, Connecticut. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what the fuck? It's a, no, it's a, it's 
Well, we'll see what happens tonight. I'd love, I'd love for them to win. That'll be a big party in in that area. Yeah, if it'd they be win. fun. Yeah, um, that's why I love college basketball. The NBA, dude. The NBA is just fucking boring, dude. It looks like the NBA looks like when everyone's tired on the playground, but they all agreed to play one more. That's fucking. That's what great. the NBA looks like. That's no hilarious. one really gives a shit. They're yeah, just, they'll get their points. They'll run a little bit. Boom. Yeah, that's what it looks like. No, no, it's it's just a bunch of it's it's a it's a star league. It's a now. bunch of entitled fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just lazy. I mean, and you know what? I, you know, seeing what the New York Knicks, because you know I'm a Knicks guy. Yeah, I used See, to love the Knicks. Seeing seeing the Knicks, I was what so they, happy they got co- Patrick. Compare the Knicks now to what the Knicks were in '94 with Mason Oakley. You went to the lane. You were getting the fucking. You were getting your ass well, the handed league, to the you. The league changed though. That's like the NFL. You, like look at the old Steelers. They used to injure the Raiders. All the great teams of the '70s would injure people coming across the middle. Now it's like if you blow on them too hard, they call a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, the the NBA dude. Why do you think Le, why do you think LeBron dominates cuz no one's allowed to touch him in the lane? Well, yeah, but well, first of all, that's true, but first of all, the NBA season is way too long, okay? And these guys lose interest after 30 well, games. Well, there should be like 10 less teams. Yeah, there, there, there should be less teams, there should be less games. And, every sport you can knock many out te- five every sport you can knock out four teams. Now, I hate to say it because there's some franchises I like in hockey, but there should be four less teams. Period. Well, yeah, but I think any sport, though. That's what I'm saying. Every sport, there like, could be four. Like, are, the, are, are the Kansas City Royals ever going to win a World Series? No, well, the Pirates aren't going to do anything ever no, either. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The Indians aren't going to do anything ever, and the Marlins aren't going to probably do anything ever. Yeah, and, you know, and a bunch of there's like three other teams we could think of. Like the Knicks are so bad on defense that my wife, who's like a novice basketball fan, will watch. Going, I can't watch these guys not get back on defense. Like she knows, she's like, this is I can't fucking watch it. And these college kids do. Well, these, that's what kills me about the NBA. How many guys in suits do you need? Like, how many people are going to tell Kobe Bryant how to play basketball? How many yeah. white guys with clipboards? They jump up when the whistle blows. Can tell Kobe Bryant how to play basketball. It's a fucking joke. These fucking cocksuckers that get paid to fucking stand there and pretend like they're coaching basketball. It's insane. They they should just they should join the TSA. They really they're, they're fucking work. They're as worthless as the TSA. Yeah, oh, that's fucking great. How much fun is this tour, Joe? It's fun, isn't it? It's a great time. Oh my god! Hang we, it. Yeah, just keep lawhead off the roof. I get. <laughs> yeah, keep lawhead, keep lawhead off the roof. Just we told the windows were, shut just, and fucking. Just think of things were bad. Welded. Things are good. Oh. Think of this thing was bad. Oh my this, god! This tour is fantastically fun. Oh my god! Everyone's killing, and and we're having a good time, and, and everything's been great. Yeah. Just think of something bad happened. I swear to God, I've not had this. I'm not even kidding. I have not had this much fun. Just going around. I mean, you're with some of your closest friends in comedy that that you're that are, are your friends in life, and you're fucking working. You're doing your job, telling jokes. You're sitting in the green room watching sporting events, hanging with these guys, making money, uh, getting a great experience, and getting it going all over the country, man. We're, we're having such a good time. Um, but now it is time for Unacceptable for the Week, okay? We're on a tight – like the, the thing came down on, on – it's like PTI. They came ding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, we... we uh, so, so unacceptable for the week, Joe, I'm Reality. Sure, I'm Did we sure. make any mistakes on any, this podcast? <laughs> we no. did reality on the on the post. You like reality? Yeah, you know what's funny? It's yeah. really funny is my dad, I was home last couple of weeks ago, and my dad was... You always have to see the last three minutes of Around the Horn. Yeah. To watch... I mean, I TiVo. PTI is the only thing I watch on ESPN, except maybe 30 for 30. Right. 
Really? So, yeah, because the Big East is ruined now. I didn't even watch like I used to. I used to watch any Pitt, Syracuse, any of their games. But I watch any Georgetown, St. John's, Georgetown, Providence, Connecticut, Villanova. Like I watch any game. Now it's like the AC, dude. Syracuse, Wake Forest. Give me a fucking break. That's why I have the hockey package. You know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch that shit. But no, PTI, dude. I watch that every day. But um, yeah. So my dad, it's on the around the horn. Yeah. My dad goes, I don't like that guy. I'm like, that guy? You mean reality? My dad's like, yeah, I just don't like that guy. I'm like, my dad never says, I mean, he hears people he hates, you hear about every day. But right. in general, he doesn't, like, not like a kid. Yeah. It's a guy, guy's a kid to him. Like, yes. I like that guy. And no reason? And I'm not, I know. I'm like, I'm like that's, that's reality. It's that boy. That's reality. That's reality. Yeah, and he's Italian, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Like, I don't like him. <laughs> Um, so unacceptable for the week. I don't like Jackie Jackie McMullen, even though she wrote that great book. It pains me. It pains me Wait, how what, much what? I love. She she wrote the George, She wrote the Bird Magic book. She did. Yeah. The one that I got. Yeah. Oh, the one wow. I gave Bill that he gave you probably. Why don't Why don't you like Jackie Mac? Because she, you know, I don't. I fucking hate her. Do you? She's condescending, and I fucking don't like her. <laughs> well, you're a big um, you're a big WNBA fan, are you? Oh yeah, it may know my old joke. I'll do my old old joke. Yeah, yeah. WNBA joke was a. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a lot like wheelchair basketball. Everyone's got a hot girlfriend and a ponytail. No one can dunk. <laughs> Remember uh, the Vietnam vets play uh, wheelchair basketball and have uh, some fucking hot whore big tits pushing around, <laughs> like a big ponytail. Oh, Bartnick, fucking Bartnick, unacceptable for the week. What has bothered you this week, Joe? What is something that just for you new listeners, um, for you new listeners, and uh, thank you for coming aboard the Verzi Effect. Please send your reviews to iTunes and check out the show. But uh, unacceptable for the week is uh, usually me ranting about something that happened to me that week that I can't handle. That is unacceptable. When I have a guest on, you know, I either have one and he has one, but I always give it to the floor to my uh, to my guest. So, what is really something that's happened to you either this week or just in life that you just find completely Completely unacceptable. Oh God, I find so many things unacceptable. I know you're actually <laughs> you're, you're actually perfect for this. I know, but I I actually like don't want to sound like a petty bastard. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, uh, you know, there's every you know everything. I mean, what, 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 here's the one thing I gotta say, and I feel like a dick saying this, but I'm gonna say it. Go, hey man, go. Right, you, you said you told me to do it, right? Oh, the the oh yeah, no, this is a this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this it's, is it's about tact. It's about having tact. Go okay, ahead. well, here's the thing. Now, now we have a little tour going on. It's a big tour, and or anywhere else, wanna be comics or open mic guys or guys that I'm learning. I'm thinking about being a comic or anybody that isn't buying something or has a pair of tits. Get out of the fucking way. <laughs> Until all of those people go by, because I'm nice. You guys all know I'm nice to you guys, right? No, and, I, and, no, and, absolutely. And, and, and people like say people have been so nice to me because I've been nice to them. Like I can't even name. I don't want to name names. Like people like come up to me, they've been so nice to me. Like, well, you were so nice to me five years ago when I was starting. Now, right. like, I will take all the time in the world to answer your questions, and we can hang out, and we can smoke and drink, and we can all be friends. But in that 20 minutes, when people could be buying something or want to take pictures, they don't want to stand behind your comic book fucking, you know, living in your parents' basement ass. They want you, They want to fucking take their picture, maybe buy a CD, maybe buy a poster. Just to, they want to meet us and shake our hands and get on with their lives. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying not to be a dick. No, but no. Really, like, but just, and I'll talk to you after that first 20 minutes. It's about but a, that yeah. first 20 minutes, I got to make my money or I got to meet my fans that paid their 25 bucks and got a babysitter and <laughs> bought two drinks. And they just want to say, hey, man, great show. They don't want to stand behind you and you're trying to tell me the first bit you ever wrote that didn't work. <laughs> No, you're not being a dick. It's it's about tact, and it is unacceptable. It's not about, oh, hey, man, I was just wondering. You think you could give me? Yeah, I could give you that. Stand on the side, and let me fucking do this. Have some tact and understand what you're doing, and stop standing. Like, you know, you're cock-blocking my money here. That's really what it is. I'll talk to anybody. And, and you know what? It, we, it feels great when a comedian comes up to us and is like, yeah. hey, man, I'm a big fan. I love what you do. I came out just to see you. That's awesome. We had some comedians sitting by themselves. We had comedians showing up to some clubs sitting by themselves, you know, loving everything. That cat was a gentleman, though. No, that guy was great. That, that <laughs> no, guy yeah, was, seriously, though. That, was, that guy was a no, gentleman. No, that guy was... That he guy waited until the end, and then we hung out with him. He, he, yeah, he Literally, sat... Literally, though, he did. He waited until the end, and then not we hung only, out with Not him. only did he wait to the end, he was like, I'm going to wait for you guys, whatever you guys need. He waited for everybody to leave to talk to us, and we sat there, had a drink with him. There was another comic who just sat in the back, watched the show, said, great job, guys, I wanted to see that, and left. And we'll talk to you. I'll talk to anybody. You guys know. Well, I'll talk to anybody, but that is unacceptable when we're in line trying to do something, and they're going, yeah, so do you think it's like... Open your fucking mind and, and have some kind of tact. That's a good unacceptable. Like, get out of the way. I love how you go. Get out of the fucking way until yeah, well, I'm done. Like, no, there's, like, literally chicks, like, yeah. with their googly eyes. Like, I just want to take a picture and then I'll meet you and have, you know, it's like, yeah. And then you're just, you know, you're blocking, you're just blocking commerce. Yeah. You're blocking, you're blocking, you know, because you, you, we live on the fans. Yeah. So I don't want someone to think, oh, man, that guy didn't even, like, didn't even talk to us. Well, why didn't he talk to me? And I even bought a poster. Well, I couldn't because three guys were cornering me, telling me their life story about how someday they might have the balls to get on stage. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good. That's a good unacceptable. That is, and and it should let people. And I like my unacceptables to maybe make people listen and go, "Fuck it, okay, maybe I'm not going to do that," or or try to make it, you know, try to make it better. But, I'll tell you. But, my but in general, though, you know, I really do. And I have helped. I, I you know, I, I really try to help out a lot of people. Even this kid today, we got we, the guy we had last night. Parker, it's great. We got a guest that we got a little confusion about um, if we needed to bring a host or not. So I got this kid, Parker Postini. He had a great set. Now the club wants him back. That's I'm great. all for helping people. Sure, but not when there's hot chicks that want to take my picture. That's hilarious. And sell them a CD. Sell them. Can make your money. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's my unacceptable for the week, and I didn't know it was this bad. But it's fucking, it is, it was one of the most, and you know me, Joe, me and you are pretty much similar as far as what bothers us. Right. Let me tell you, okay, fuck anything else that I never liked about California. Because when I went to California this time, I had a great time. I enjoyed the weather. I went to Dodger Stadium. I had a Dodger dog, and I was sitting in left field, and I had one of the best times that I've ever had at a sporting event. I'm seeing mountains, snow-capped mountains all the way in the back, palm trees, and then the fucking game. It was, it was amazing and pleasurable. That was great. The food is underrated. I actually had great food out there. The problem with California is drivers. And when I say driving, I don't mean traffic. I understand that goes with it. I'm talking about these lackadaisical pieces of shit who just sit there and they're always going slow and you need to go around. And it happened from the minute I got to the airport and I, I got picked up from the airport and I went over and I met with Burr and we were, you know, getting ready. The fucking drivers out there are lackadaisical. They're, they're like, they're like they're Jersey. They're looking at the phone. They're like Jersey bad, but on steroids because Jersey drivers suck. This is like this is like if everybody in Jersey was Asian 
and looking at their phone. It's fucking... Oh, I don't know how you do it. Like, I was in a car with people... I mean, my buddy Sean Quinn, and I was, I'm going to talk about it on part two uh, with Lawhead of this podcast, but my buddy Sean Quinn loses his mind. He's a guy from Philly, and he's got, like, high blood pressure, and you know why, because we, we drive it. But the road rage... <laughs> he bubbles... Is he? He's like he, he's like carbonated his blood pressure so no, high. No, no, yeah, he's he just loses his. I mean, he just loses his mind. He freaks out, and then he got to calm down. Unacceptable for me. Not the traffic. I get the traffic. I understand. You go to Chicago. You go to L.A. You Pittsburgh is fucking brutal. I understand the traffic in a lot of those places are bad. I'm talking about the driver when there's not traffic. L.A. It's awful, and it's not talked about enough. Everyone talks about how the traffic sucks. The drivers suck, and it was unacceptable. They're looking at their phone. They're going real slow. They're fucking rolling five miles an hour through a green light when you want to go. Fucking unacceptable. I, I absolutely hated that part of it. Other than that, everything was great. Um, I'll talk about some uh, epic meltdowns from Sean Quinn on part two. Um, <laughs> you know, this is part one, everybody. So you're getting two hours here for this week because we missed one. So you're gonna have two to catch up on. You're like and, People Magazine, the Christmas edition. Yeah, you, that's right. That's you get right. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, the double double week. You, you guys are getting the double week of episode 154 with two parts, and then I will be back next Monday, okay, with another one, and we'll be back on schedule. Um, the next episode is gonna be uh, episode 154, part two with Jason Lawhead, and that will be tomorrow from San Francisco. Um, now. Um, we, uh, I was going to say, Joe, do you have any plugs? But you have the same plugs that I have. Because pretty much, pretty uh, much, yeah. Uh, Except uh, puck off if you like hockey. Yes. Me and the great Fraser Smith, we, we usually always have a guest. It's usually a big-time comic, and it's really fun. And then that's on the Sideshow Network. It's a great podcast. And then my other podcast is uh, um, Insensitivity Training with Court McCallum. We usually have a lot of fun. You did it. It was really fun. I My wife fun, yeah. thought uh, your appearance was awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, uh, Court's great. You guys were great on it. We had a great talk about Patrick Ewing on that one. Oh, yeah. So yeah. definitely go check out the uh, last episode of Insensi- uh, Insensitivity Training with uh, uh, Joe Bartnick, Court McCown. That, that was awesome. Um, and JoeBartnick.com, is that the? Yes. JoeBartnick.com is the website. Do you have any dates with Lisa that you want that are coming up? Where are you going to be? I'll be at the Canyon Club with her. I mean, she's, you know, it'll be packed. Sold out. She doesn't need my help. Buy my CD salute on iTunes. Yes, Joe's. Uh, Joe's. Thank uh, you. There's a ton of plugs here. I feel like. Uh, yeah, no, you're the guest, buddy. Yeah, no, th- thank you. Yeah, thank you're, you. you're the a- guest. Um, plugs that we have um, for me, you guys know, you could go to. Uh, actually, I've been updating. I had a problem with my website. I've been updating the dates, and that'll be up to date this week as well. Um, we are in Portland tonight. This will be up a few hours beforehand. So if there's anybody listening, come out. We will be at Helium Comedy Club tonight in Portland. Tomorrow and Wednesday, we will be. At the legendary San Francisco Punchline. Two nights in a row, 8 o'clock, Tuesday and Wednesday. That is the 8th and 9th of April, 8 o'clock, San Francisco Punchline. And then on Thursday, the last leg, the last show of the West Coast leg will be at the Sacramento Punchline. Uh, and uh, you could check us out there. And then uh, the East Coast tour will be at the end of May. All the dates, like I said, will be updated on paulverzi.com. Please continue following me on Twitter. At Paul Verzi, that's V-I-R-Z-I. New listeners, man, thank you so much for coming aboard. Um, having a, a great time um, doing this podcast for you guys, and thank you for the comments. Keep going to iTunes, and um, that's it. Until episode 154, part two, which is uh, 24 hours away. You're going to get a double uh, a double dip here. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys then, and then we'll be back on schedule uh, next Monday. But I'll talk to you guys with Jason Lawhead in just a bit. Uh, thank you, Joan Bartnick, for being here. 
Thanks for having me. I hope it was okay. It was great. Take care, guys. You're a lot of cool listeners. <laughs>